0: It's real. It's real. you know the day. you know the come on. Hey, it's Shante, And I'm Natalie, and welcome to What's the Deal? We'll refocus on diversity, equity, inclusion, and leadership. Uh, What's the Deal is powered by the Norfus Firm. We are an HR and DEI consulting firm. We work with clients all around the world to solve people problems. Part three. We made it. I still have my set on, too. <laughs> you know, I, Chante had to get real business for this three-part series, and I had to get real comfortable um, showing up as who we are today.
1: Exactly. This is where our energy is today.
0: Yeah. And so we've been talking about burnout, which is, again, sometimes a very controversial, but very relevant and um, timely topic. Right. And so part one, we focused on our favorite shared language. What is burnout? Uh, Shantae walked us through the fact that it contains three parts. Mm-hmm. It's energetic. Yes. It's relational. Yep. Connecti- connectivity is the second part. And third part is around performance. How are you showing up? Um, part two, we t- we really focused on you as a leader. What should you be doing when it comes to your own burnout or avoiding or mitigating burnout? Right. And now here in part three, it's, okay, so you know what it looks like, you know what it is, what do you do about it in your organization?
1: Right, because you still have to lead. So you still have to manage people, lead people, get work done, perform, create revenue, all the things that leaders have to do. But in this age of uh, addressing burnout, in the age of quiet quitting, and also with the added component of diversity, equity, and inclusion, you have all those factors that you have to consider as a leader What do you do to manage work and to uh, increase performance or productivity or at least get something out of people in this really, really challenging time?
0: Yeah. And so I think one of the things that is was became pretty obvious to us. And again, I think we have a really unique perspective because of the fact that we're industry agnostic Right. right. We have clients in the for-profit, nonprofit space. Right. We have clients that are in the law, clients that are tech, clients that are in the arts industry. So the thing that's been unique about that, again, having spoken to like thousands of employees over the past three years, is you start to find the commonalities. Right. Right. So even though people are doing different types of work, different places, different industries, there's certain things that have been consistent. And the burnout discussion has been consistent since the summer of 2020 when people didn't know how long they'd be working from home, right? Cuz if you remember right. we we in the beginning was we like you're going to be home for 3 weeks and you're like, "Wait, it's 10 weeks." Wait, right? So people just the not knowing right. created a lot of fatigue. And what was clear then is that managers were not managers and leaders were not prepared to lead and manage remote workforces. And what we, we talked a lot about that and like, there was never any real effort put into making sure that leaders and managers were equipped to manage the shift from, you know, for, for workplaces that were office-based right. to working from home. Right. And so what we've seen is this compound effect, things that are new, unheard of, right? Shifting people who might've gone in the office five days a week to working from home five days a week to having their kids doing virtual work to having dogs walk across Zooms, right? <laughs> all the things that were happening, right? We're all in each other's business in ways we were never before. Right. It's like people just kept going, right? Like like nothing was going on. Like we just still have to do this same thing. So what became really obvious, again, for across all these listening sessions is that people really needed to stop and evaluate What good performance looks like now? We're still—you see, still—and even three years later, you're still seeing people hold on to these old definitions, and they're old because the past three years have changed the world. These old definitions of what success looks like—the same go hard KPIs or OKRs or whatever you you measure—yeah, like we still got to do these same things, and it's like, but things aren't the same. So, what's your what's been your reaction to that?
1: I, the mindfulness piece we we right. talk about it all the time. It, it it always comes back to to that. And you, like we talked about in the second episode, you yourself as a leader can't keep up with this pace. So, right. how are you expecting others in your organizations to keep up with this pace? It doesn't make any sense. So, and I know you have to manage, uh, you know, projects and processes and how things fit together in the organization but you ask this question a lot with our clients, which is what I love is like, what are some things that can either be slowed down or paused or just cut out outright to give space for people to adjust? I don't, we didn't have the adjustment period. Right. We went, we went hard. Like you said, we we went from, okay, this pandemic happened. We split again, cause we live in America and, and it's not just America, but we tend to have this capitalistic go, go, go type of uh, attitude when it comes to work. Performance driven. It's very performance driven. Yeah. So it's like, we have to, We don't have, we have to pivot quickly without really thinking about it, thinking it through. And there's an element of it that we didn't know all the things, right? We didn't know that this was going to last as long as we did. Although we played ourselves thinking it was only going to be two weeks. (laughs) We really tried it. That was the the biggest joke of the century. Are you serious? Two weeks? No. Um, Unless you live in Florida and we didn't shut down at all, but that's a whole (laughs) other discussion. But anyway, we didn't take the time really to to just stop and pause. And, and okay, so from a process aspect, they did. So they got the computers to go home. They got the, you know, you, they set themselves up with all the resources. But they didn't stop from a people perspective, I don't think, um, to really understand the impact of what this was having on on people's ability to do work. And so as a result, we're in this place where we still, there's a disconnect. Again, that problem equation that you, you always give us. This is where we are. This is where we want to go. The gap in the middle is showing us that we can't keep doing this this way. Right. So then, so then what do we do? How do we adjust? Right.
0: So we came up with this acknowledgement sandwich approach. Yeah. And so when we think about this acknowledgement sandwich and how we are going to, or how we should be looking at what good work looks like in this age of burnout, in this post pandemic has four steps. Okay. So first step is acknowledge. Second step is but what Wait, are we acknowledging I'm looking at in my, the first Oh, one? I'm just putting the steps out. I'm, oh, okay. I'm coming back. To, back to it. I'm okay, coming cool. back to it. I had cool. to look at my notes. I, I, I forgot that fast. <laughs> okay. So first thing we're going to do is acknowledge. Second step is plan. Third step is execute. Fourth step is acknowledge. So when we first off in the first piece, the first acknowledge is I'm acknowledging what's going on here. right? Right. As a leader, I'm acknowledging and not just in this, Hey, I know everyone's tired, but like with real examples of what you see. Yes. That indicate people are feeling burnt out.
1: And also acknowledging in a way that is with what it is, as it is. Not oh, oh, in the oh, way oh, that it's is, like, that was like it a, is what uh, it is, as it is. She's fitting, bars, exactly.
0: Right.
1: <laughs> but it was really like, because what we've seen is people acknowledge that this thing is happening or something's happening, but they resist it. Uh, yes. They don't want to well, why? And I don't understand. And I'm used to, and and you're centering yourself when you do that. But what this is showing us, it's not about you. This is, a, this is a thing whether, whether or not you want to acknowledge it or not. Correct. So again, you want to fight or you want to at least be there with it and say, okay, now that I, I get it and I'm here, where are we to the point, of the listening sessions, the observations, the things really be with it and acknowledge it for what it is rather than what you would want it to be.
0: Right. And so that gets that, like, that acceptance piece mm-hmm. that we talked about. We right. talk about a lot. Right. But we talked about this a little bit in, in the first part of this, this series around uh, you know, this idea when we were looking at quiet quitting, people don't want the things that you think they should want. Right. And so again, when we're hearing the responses to quiet quitting other than people fiddling with and upset about the terminology and saying, it doesn't make sense is comes from this place of, of resistance of Wait no, you, you want to be you want to you be want successful to be, and in, in, the in way, this way it, right, right in the way that I'm exactly. successful right. Uh, there's a great book called Inclusify. We actually have it right here, uh, written by a, an, uh, a professor at the University of Colorado, and she talks about the fact that when it comes to success, people are often looking for people who were successful in the way that they were. Right? right. So in the legal industry, you know, you went to a top twenty law school. Uh, one of my old, my old bosses, who's like a dear friend, she was always like, we went to, we both went to GW law, which at the time was top 20 law school. Amazing. Great. And she's like, Oh, that makes such a big difference. And we used to go back and forth about it, but it was like, she saw something in herself with me. Right. right? one of the best mentors ever. Uh, but the reality is, is that we don't all have the same path to success and what success means to us is not the same. Exactly. So we're in this acknowledgement piece. And this accepting of what you're acknowledging, it's that acceptance of everyone doesn't want what you want. So when you look at that first acknowledgement, it is really just being like you're saying, being with it here and understanding are. here. These are the they're just facts. The facts. This is this where information.
1: we are. It right. is what it is.
0: So once we get past that that uh, acknowledgement piece, you know, we we have to plan. And part of that planning is the assessment piece that we're always talking about. How much work can people really do well when we factor in all these onion layers that we've been talking about? The fatigue, the lack of motivation, some people's decisions that they're only going to do the bare minimum, whatever the job description does. Again, that's not new, but that's sort of newly being talked about again. How? What's realistic? So we talk to clients about doing capacity planning analyses. Right. Uh, there's, there's ways in which you can do them pretty quickly. There's ways in which you can do them very detailed. But the reality is, because you know, we got to talk about data. Always. We, love a, we gotta love a good piece of data. You can't
1: get through this without talking about data. At <laughs> you, least you, once. You
0: cannot figure out how much people can do without assessing what they're currently doing, what you need them to be do- doing, and what time frame? right? So the planning piece is really that capacity planning, like looking at what's realistic. And I think the, what's realistic is so key here because as all of us who've been part of goal setting, know, you can create whatever goal you want to create. Sure. Yep. So this, there's always this idea that we have to, but you don't actually have to, because you, again, when you talked about in the second uh, part of this, the choice, right. it's a choice, right?
1: Right. You get to, to choose what goal you want to actually work on. And then identifying that goal, it's important to expand your view. So I think a lot of us, again, in going into this planning, it's we're doing it the same way we've always done it, but you can't. You have to factor in where folks are three years outside of this pandemic. You have to factor in where folks are in, in, in extraneous things that happen in their lives as a result of all the things that are happening right now. It's not a linear, like, I'm just going to do this one-to-one-to-one-to-one, it isn't that. We're dealing with people. And so people come with people things, and you have to expand your view in order to really plan properly for work.
0: You know, and that actually, that point brings up one of the things I think we heard a lot, particularly in the summer of 2020, but now it's just common, is that you, these things, these rough things, the, you know, unarmed black men getting shot by the police, and all these things are happening and things that feel like extreme injustices, and you want me to show up here and be perfect and not, and not have any kind of feeling about it that I think that really sort of gets that, sorry, that, that took me there for a second. Cause I think that this is, this is that thing that but we're that's seeing. that's
1: the thing you have to consider these things. You right. can't, nothing happens in a vacuum. Like these incidents may happen over here, but everything has a ripple effect and it, it will have an impact on people. Uh, that's not to say that you don't do the thing. You don't do work. You don't get it done, but it's just the mindfulness part of it. Know that it's going to, so give some space, folks to be able to, you know, let off some steam a little bit, or can I really do 80% today? Nope, maybe I can maybe do 60. So, and is 80% really the goal? Can it be 60 and still be done well? Right. So
0: So then we get to execute and execute is is self-explanatory, right? You develop a plan from your, all this sort of capacity planning and understanding what's possible, execute it, right? Like any other plan, right? So making sure you have your milestones and your checkpoints, and so then that takes us to the next acknowledge, because if you're executing and you have your milestones and you're sort of looking at how things are going, acknowledge how it's doing. Right. And, and I, when not just in a back room with all the leaders, right? Acknowledge how it's doing with yes. your team, because there's no permanence to these types of plans. And again, I think this is, this is what this new age is telling us is that we can pivot Sometimes we have to pivot. Sometimes we have to shift course. And so that last acknowledgement is, is this working? Right. And and being real again with your, with yourselves as leaders, with your teams, like, Hey guys, you, we, we all talked about, um, you know, it would be great if we had mindful moments every day, you know, everybody does two minute breathing exercise at some point during the day, which I strongly recommend this one over here is amazing with that. <laughs> but only like 10% of the company took advantage of it and we're not seeing any real benefit. We, again, breathe breath work is amazing, but it just doesn't seem like it works for us. Tell people that. Right. And it's okay. Right. Cause then it's like, when you're out in the open, we've, we've, we've seen wellness programs where stuff is happening and people are getting something out of it and then it just goes away and nobody talks about why or that it wasn't as working as well as we had hoped it it did. And then people that that builds that resentment because right. then employees are feeling like you're not you're you're still not seeing me. Still you guys keep saying you care. You keep saying, and then you start stuff, you finish, we never hear about it. We didn't hear about what the results were from the surveys. We don't we don't know anything. Right. And then that it, it keeps us on a hamster wheel with a lack of trust. It keeps us on a hamster wheel with burnout. Mm-hmm. It keeps us on a hamster wheel with turnover. Right. Because the thing that is very clear about today, you you mentioned about this whole privilege of quiet quitting. Some people don't even care. They're just going to, they just opt out. They, because it's like this, this, this part is not ever really done that well, where they're being seen, they feel like they're being seen and heard as people. Right. So the the goal really of all of this, when we think about just the culmination of what we've been talking about over these last three episodes, three parts of this episode folks are tired worn out we didn't even say that that was the name name of this episode (laughs) folks are tired and so how do we just bring us back to uh seeing people as people love that so unfortunately we're done
1: (laughs) well for now
0: yeah but uh we look forward to seeing you in our next episode i mean there's so many cool things going on in the workplace wild things and so we're here to talk talk about it so See you soon, guys.